maybe he shouldn't be her friend? I kind of think he should be. I kind of think he's making the right decision here. He's going to have to kill a lot of people for the next few years. This was more enjoyable. I didn't see somebody giving birth to a cow. Those, those uniforms were too big. They were really big. <laughs> and I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm singing David Byrne. Can't, can't you get a suit that fits? Nice. I love nice. that. Nice. I love that. Crowd that takes direction. Welcome. Welcome back to Gateway Film Center, Columbus, Ohio, for Fright Club Live. We're glad to be here. She is Hope Madden. He's George Wolf. And we, oh, it's a big night. It's a big night. It we is. have a crazy ass movie. We have a fun topic and we have some big news for those that didn't hear. That's right. If you didn't know, our film, Obstacle Corpse, <laughs> is available on Amazon Prime. So, hooray! As and of today. As of today. And um, if you haven't seen it, please rent it. Uh, the, the numbers on Amazon Prime in the first week have a, a massive uh, effect on where they place us, like how many people actually get to know that it's on Amazon Prime through the entire rest of the year. So as many eyeballs as we can get in the first week is massive. So, if you, if you And it's a super bargain basement price. It's bargain basement, and it's fun. If you didn't know, it, it's a horror comedy based around an obstacle course run where some people get invited just to be hunted. And there's a lot of blood splatter, and it's fun, and it's funny. And Hope wrote and directed, and I co-produced it, and I have a small part in it. And it's just, it's a lot of fun. So It's very check fun. It out. All, all practical effects. Great. Uh, David Greathouse, who actually did the practical effects for Tusk. He, he did ours. He's amazing. He's incredible. We have a great, a great cast. We have a, a mainly female crew, which was super fun, and uh, it, a great soundtrack. It's, it's very fun. 31 people die. Yeah, in, it, in 85 minutes. 85 minutes. You're welcome. It's in, it's out, and it, it's hard to believe. <laughs> it's hard to believe, but we were figuring that it was just 14 months from day one of shooting to debuting on Amazon Prime. Yeah. So, uh, just a Herculean effort from all involved. So thank you for the support. Please watch it and let us know how you liked it. If you don't like it, well, keep it to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, thanks for that. And uh, last time out, if you remember, we had our studio version of Fright Club last time, and we talked with the great Scott Woods, local writer and poet, poet. Just, love yeah. to get, yeah, yeah, love to get his insight on really any topic, but uh, you guys, I pretty much took a back seat because I'm not the biggest Argento fan in the world, but you guys talked about the best of Argento because you're both involved with that Argento retrospective happening just down the street That's at the right. Wexner Center, where Seth, by the way, Seth hit that earlier Saw Suspiria and then walked here. I mean, the guys did committed. the horror movie Mosey. The Mosey <laughs> down to the gateway to see our film tonight. So thank you and great to see you again. Yeah, uh, and if you get a chance, if you are in the Columbus area, uh, the Western Center for the Arts has this uh, a huge retrospective of 4K restorations of Argento films that you can see on a big screen. Which uh, and and they're showing a lot of the ones that you don't get much of a chance to see on a big screen. And I got to talk about Cat of Nine Tails. Scott later in August is going to talk about Phenomena, and uh, it's just. Yeah, it's a great time, and it was really fun to have him on the podcast. Oh, it was. You know, he did. He just he really brought some knowledge, and it was a it was a good time. And I, it's hard for me to believe that we're well into the two hundred what sixties by now, and we've never done an Argento podcast. I know. I what? Know. But that was good. So thanks to Scott. So we're talking about lovable losers tonight. We're showing happiness of the categories. How many people have already seen this movie? Ooh, Ooh not too many. Not many. I love that. 
I cannot wait. We won't. We're not going to spoil it. We promise. It. Not going to spoil it. I just I can't wait to see the reaction of the yes. people that haven't seen it. So please come down after and we'll talk about it because this movie is effing nuts. Yes. And, uh, and we were talking about it earlier. I think that we've shown more Takashi Miike films during our seven years here at Gateway Film Center than any other filmmaker, partly because I'm a massive, massive fan and partly because he's made more movies than any right. other filmmaker. <laughs> so there are a lot to choose from. I go back and forth. This is a really weird film, but we showed Gozu a couple years ago, and it might be weirder. <laughs> so I don't know. That's Hard a to high say. Bar. Yeah. That so those of you bar. who were here for Gozu afterwards, let us know. Like, ca cast your vote. Which one is weirder? <laughs> but so, I love this movie, and I'm excited we finally get to see it's, it. It's going to be fun. So, uh, Lovable Losers, we've got our top five, but we got a few that we like a lot, very lovable, but didn't quite make it. Yeah, so. actually, this was a this was a very ripe category. There, are, you know, it's a it's a it's a common character in horror films. It's like the the guy that you really root for, but you know in your heart he's not going to make it. Uh, and I love this. And of course, it you've got the whole losers club, and and they're they're lovable. They're kids. We love them. I think probably the one that most people are going to be unhappy with that didn't make it would be the pairing of Sean and Ed. I know it. They they were the closest. I knew Katie was going to be unhappy yeah. about it. I knew she was. Thanks for coming, yeah, by, by the way, way Katie. Welcome back, Katie. Our beloved Katie is back. Yay! We're so happy. She's a fighter, and she beat it, and glad to have you back. So, so happy to have you here. So great. Sorry that I don't have Sean and Ed <laughs> on the list. Also, Viago and Vladislav, Dead But Delicious, from uh, oh, What We Do in the, the Shadows. shadows. They're yeah. excellent losers. Lovable as well. Melvin Junko, Toxic Avenger, is another one that just missed the cut. Also, that's a that's that could be a top five name. Melvin Junko. Melvin. Oh, Junko. it's a great name. Love it's a great name. name. Love and name. Uh, and then Reg Samson from Hundred Bloody Acres, which we showed yes. some time back. But that's a fun Australian horror film. Okay, so that was just just under, not quite lovable enough. That's uh, right. So before we get to the five, we, we said welcome back to Katie. Let's say happy birthday to Alexander. Yes, happy tomorrow. birthday. Thank you for spending your birthday eve with us. That's right. We appreciate that. <laughs> okay, so we've got we've got five goodies. We do. Do you want to get into it? Okay, this one is, oh man, we love this film so much. We've talked about it a lot. From 2008, the lovable loser is Oscar from Let the Right One In. You know, it's just the Prince Valiant's haircut. Like before, <laughs> before there's even a scene with the bullies, you're like, this kid. Oh my God, this kid. You just want to hug him. And he does such a great job of, uh, of like being the, the bullied kid. He, he makes this great friend. And of course, she's a vampire. And so bad news, but good news for him. And like the whole, it swims, swims, this really weird sort of area of, Maybe he shouldn't be her friend. I kind of think he should be. I kind of think he's making the right decision here. He's going to have to kill a lot of people for the next few years. But, you know, I think it's a trade-off that was probably not a bad decision for him. Well, uh, she certainly protects him. Yes, she and does. And comes to his aid. Yes, she does. And uh, Oscar is played by Carrie Hedebrandt. Yes. And Eli is uh, Lena Leanderson. Leanderson. She's yeah, so we good. we love this movie so, good. so much. And just a quick call-out. I mean, so in the American remake, Let Me In... 
Cody Smith McPhee plays this character and doesn't. I love Cody Smith McPhee. Have since the road. He's just. I just love him to pieces. And he's he he does a really great job with the characters. And well. it's a really good remake too. I mean, the, the the original is still is still the best. But boy, they I thought they did a great job. Me Matt too. Reeves, yeah. I think. Did yeah, that Matt one. Reeves. Did. Um, and did we mention the the director of uh, Let the Right One In? Is Thomas Alfredson. Yes. Uh, yeah. Tinker Taylor Soldier Spy. Yeah, it's one of those movies that makes you, it makes you cold just watching it. <laughs> you feel cold. You do. And then, boy, what a what a finale in that swimming pool. Yeah. Uh, love that scene it's so a great much. Great movie. And, and Oscar is such a loser. <laughs> but a, a lovable loser. Lovable but if he loser. But if he wasn't, the movie wouldn't work as well. Not at all. No. Yeah, definitely love that one. So that's uh, number five, Oscar from Let the Right One In. And number four is well, this is another one. Well, I should say it's one of. You guys' favorite movie. Not George so much doesn't mine, like this one. But this is from 1992. The loser is Lionel Cosgrove from Dead Alive. I thought you were a trustworthy boy, but going out behind my back with that oily shop girl, kissing and cuddling in public. Mom, she's experienced. Lionel loves his new girlfriend. Oh! Oh! Almost as much as he loves his mother. Mom! mother is different. Your mother ain't my dog! Not all of it. So this is actually, this is uh, uh, our friend Richard had a quiz. Uh, did you know the character film by based on the character's name? And Lionel Cosgrove was on that list. I was so happy to see that because he didn't know. He didn't know he was going to make the list today. But he is one of the great cinematic losers. He's such a just milk toasty mother's boy, he and is, then he uh, is and that. It, you know to to everybody's detriment really because then she gets bitten by a Sumatran ra- rat monkey. <laughs> That's a problem, or a big <laughs> lump of clay, or a rabid muppet. However you want to see it. And hilarity ensues. It's the, like one of the bloodiest, goopiest, yeah. grossest movies. That soup scene. There's so much pus in this film. Oh, my God. Yeah, I think they estimated 300 liters of fake blood just in the finale alone. I mean, it splatters. Oh, yeah. It's, nobody, it rains. Nobody uses a, a lawnmower like uh, Peter Jackson. <laughs> so great. Peter Jackson. So, of course, it's New Zealand. And actually, on the initial release uh, in its home turf of New Zealand, this movie earned more per screen than Batman Returns in 1992. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I loved New Zealand. Well, Lionel is their own superhero. Oh, yes. So he can take on Batman. Yeah, he's great. He's a great character. And this has multiple, I think Peter Jackson is a well-known a uh, fan of the original King Kong. Of course, he remade it. But a few, starting with the Rat Monkey, yeah. uh, a few nods, beautiful uh, little homages to King Kong. But this one is, yeah, he's certainly a loser under the thumb of his mother. And, of course, he can't. mom can't have him dating anyone. No. Unsavory. That's right. And, uh, yeah, boy, craziness and blood splatter ensues in uh, Dead Alive from 1992. That is number four. So let's move it up to number three. Well, this is the one that we're going to see tonight. So, yes, we're not going to spoil anything, so we, we won't are not. talk much about it. From 2001, it's the whole family. The, the entire family. The Katakuri family and happiness of the Katakuri. <laughs> I thought seriously about trying to isolate Juan. I'm like, is it Grandpa? No, I think Grandpa might be the least loser. It doesn't matter. They're, you know, that's the whole shtick of the film is that the, you know, they just can't catch a break. This family, and so again, we're not going to say anything about nope. it except that this is such a fun movie, 
and super weird. And the one thing that I said earlier, I, I dislike musicals a great deal. It's my least favorite of all genres. I do not. And yet, this is a musical, and I love it. That's how good it is. And a couple things to say that won't spoil anything. The plot of this film is loosely based on a Korean film from 1998 called The Quiet Family, which was not a musical. No. And, also, and it didn't have claymation either. And also there's a scene, we won't say what, there's a scene in here that will remind anybody that has seen The Big Lebowski of a very funny scene in The Big Lebowski, and you'll know it when you see it. So we will move on. That is number three, the whole category family and the happiness of the categories. All right, number two, uh, we'll go to 1985. This is a favorite. I'm, I'm almost surprised, well... Almost, not really. When we get to number one, that's a that's a, a dead uh, solid slam dunk. But this is pretty close from 1985's *Fright Night*. Evil Ed. Evil. And to what do I owe this dubious pleasure? The vampire knows I know about him. Or at least he will when he wakes up tonight. <laughs> what are you talking about? I have a vampire living next door to me, and he's going to kill me if I don't protect myself. <laughs> this is the saddest, right? This is the saddest one. I love Evil Ed. I love Stephen Jeffrey's performance because a lot of times when you'll see sort of like these kind of outsider, nerdy, unpopular characters in movies, you think to yourself, no way. Like, forever this would be like my favorite friend to have but he has such a great like <laughs> like he's so unsure of himself and like he's always sort of putting on this false front of I'm really cool but you can see in his characterization that he's like crippled and and just waiting to be broken and it's such a tender amazing incredible performance that when he turns and then when he dies at the end you just want I, I hope i'm not spoiling this 35 year old movie for you all um you just want a ball like it's the saddest it's the saddest character arc i love evil ed i think everybody loves evil ed he's he's such a great really great character and also uh, mclovin plays him in the remake the underappreciated remake we both like the remake actually yeah. quite a bit yeah and mclovin christopher mince platts mm -hmm. does a very solid job he but does. he's not i mean there's there nobody could take over i mean evil ed is 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 just a great character and i guess when stephen jeffries uh, was auditioning he thought he was auditioning for the the lead Charlie and, Brewster. Yes, Charlie Brewster. Brewster and was a, a little, a little upset at first, I guess, when he found out he got the got the Evil Ed role. But he, man, he really made it his own, especially when you consider at least during a few days of the filming, he was suffering with bad case of food poisoning. Oh no! But but soldiered on, and he's man, he's he's just memorable. He crafts an incredibly memorable character. Yeah, he's a, he's he, it really is. It's a much more interesting character than Charlie Brewster. Yeah, in fact, <laughs> almost all of the characters around Charlie Brewster are more. <laughs> there's not a lot of times yeah. that happens. The the yeah. hero of a film is the least interesting character. And that is writer director Tom Holland. I don't it know is. If you mentioned that. Yeah, I don't know if we uh, did. Evil Ed from Fright Night. But I agree with you. I think the the remake is is solid. It much is. like uh, much like Let Me In. A mm -hmm. good, not as good as the original, but no. darn. Darn good. Uh, so that's number two, Evil Ed on our lovable losers. And uh, we'll move it up to number one because, yeah, we're up against the clock a little bit. Yeah, this is this is a slam dunk from 2010. Tucker and Dale from Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Dale, that kid, he's got some serious issues. I know. Let's get you down from there. Wait. Oh. Sorry about that. Ah, this vacation sucks. <laughs> 
This this is one of my all-time favorite horror comedies. I mean, it's it's so smart and so clever and so like like really like so many great comedies. So character-based. When the when the humor is character-based, it never really goes out. You can see it again, and even though it's not new to you, it's still funny because the characters are so well drawn. Oh yeah, I mean, and it's you know, Alan Tudyk and and Tyler Levine play Tucker and They're Dale. They're great. They're you know they have such a lovely camaraderie, and I love that you know in any other movie. Tucker, uh, Tyler Labine's character, he would be the lovable loser, and uh, but not in this one because you have Dale, who is like the one who really needs a confidence boost. You <laughs> love them both so much, and you know, and and the other thing that I love about this movie, it's such a like it's such a forgiving like happy film. It's not a spoof, really. Uh, it just tells the same story from the point of view of the characters. That in all the other movies, you're like, ooh, creepy. But in this one, you're like, they're they're not. They're they're like the nice people, and everybody else is like, ooh, creepy. <laughs> and it was such a clever, well-conceived, well-executed movie. It was so funny. Um, and the and and the two characters are just. I I would watch them do any other anything else. I want them to be in a series. I want them to have more movies. I love those characters. Yeah, they're great. And. I haven't seen this, but I would like to. Uh, uh, there's a special feature on the DVD, remember those? Uh, that plays the movie from the college kid's perspective, and Tucker and Dale are actually murderous villains. Oh, I really, really want to see that funny. very I mean, much. You see a lot of those now on YouTube oh, yeah. where somebody recuts the karate kid. That makes actually excellent sense, reversed. by the way. Yeah. Uh, I got to see that because that sounds genius. And it's hard to believe now because the film turned out so well, but it was shelved. For three years yeah. before it was finished, just sitting there. Man. I think it had to do with the a distributor that went under and then another okay. one bought it. Because another one that, that same at the same time was um, Cabin in the Woods. And it, it sat right. it sat for like three years and well, didn't that, get distributed. Yeah. So that it's, makes a lot of yeah. sense. That makes a lot of sense. But the guys are, are so great. And it's it's so smart in the way it, it pokes fun at certain certain tropes yes. and certain deaths in oh, horror yeah. movies. Well, and also just the like the, you know, convenience store, yeah. you know, scene that's in so many slasher films, uh, you know, where they're like selling, you know, uh, live bait next to the, the Cheetos and stuff and, and, <laughs> yeah. and it's where the college kids are like, "Oh my god, why is he staring at me?" It's that scene alone is genius. Yeah, so that is by by far number 1, Tucker and Dale from Tucker and Dale versus Evil. That's 2010. So that's our that's our five lovable losers in horror and be sure to come down afterwards especially for the people that haven't seen categories we'd love to get your thoughts we'll fire this up again and finish the podcast when uh, when we're done with the movie one hour and 53 minutes later come on everybody we're gonna go sing karaoke <laughs> <laughs> it sounded like people liked it yay <laughs> yeah I love the karaoke style of the musical so much. Yeah. I find it absolutely hilarious. I mean, there are so many things about this movie that I find hilarious, but that in particular, that it's so karaoke in the way that it presents these songs, I think it's hysterical. Had, had you seen it before? No, it's the first time. And just what the hell was that opening sequence? That was just... <laughs> I don't even... I'm still trying to process that out of everything else in the movie. It was the opening sequence. <laughs> For me, it's funny, um, the reason that this, this film stuck with me after the first time I saw it, 
was, and I'm not going to give anything away for listeners who haven't seen it, but the sumo wrestler's friend. Mm. I'm uh, I'm claustrophobic, and I, that really, like, for years, I'm I would like, oh my god, that's right, the sumo wrestler's friend. So I I actually found I found this movie kind of disturbing, <laughs> in a fun way. Uh, going off of that, I've seen a couple of Takashi Miike's mo- movies here at Gateway. Uh, Ichi the Killer, Audition, uh, First Love. This is just as like violent as his other ones, but it's so sillier. Yeah, it, yeah, agreed. It's 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 hard to even call it a horror movie, despite the body count. Yeah, I really like how everything was like stylized. I love the claymation. It was just all around a great time. Oh, I'm so glad you liked it. So, <clears throat> th- this movie starts out. Like an episode of Monty Python Flying Circus, <laughs> and like just swings right into Wes Anderson and throw in some uh, um, Peter Jackson while you're at it, and uh, you know, yeah, throw a musical on top of it, and and a little Lebowski, as you mentioned earlier, yeah, did you catch and maybe a little Animal House as well, Jackie Treehorn. That's right. Love that. Yeah, so I laughed at this movie. I was baffled by this movie. <laughs> I, at some point, I didn't know what the heck was going on. Did I like it? Did I not? I'm not sure yet. I think I need to, like, go home and think about this for a little while to see whether I really liked it or not. It's, it was fascinating and crazy. Crazy. I'm curious. Who thinks this is weirder or less weird than Gozu? This is, you were here for Gozu. I know Richard was here for Gozu. Which one is weirder? It's hard to pick weirder. This was more enjoyable. I didn't see somebody giving birth to a cow. No, I know. <laughs> then that made this Sorry. more enjoyable? Yes, well, the singing and the dancing, and they would do anything for love. <laughs> I'd still say maybe Gozu. I think yeah. Gozu's weirder. Yeah, the cow thing, that's right. That's a good point. Yeah. But this is. Gozu uh, is more viscous. This, yeah, that's. Ooh. Good word. Thank you. English major. But this is still unlike anything that you've seen before. I get that, though, D-Zach, not knowing whether you liked it or not. Like, what the hell? I liked it. Uh, Yeah, I did, too. But I can understand that (laughs) feeling because it's just so, like, out of left field, everything. Who's the biggest loser in the family, George? Wow. As our, our topic is lovable losers, right. I couldn't pick one. Right. I would. I kept going back and forth. Is it the sister? I now it might be the sister. She's yeah. really, she's troubled. Yeah, but might you know, be the sister. I, I became a little preoccupied by not only the sister's you know con man boyfriend. Yeah. But the other cop. Those those uniforms were too big. <laughs> they were really big. <laughs> and I'm just you know I'm, I'm singing David Byrne. Can't, can't you get a suit that fits? <laughs> the mind wanders, but uh, yeah, I, I really loved hearing all the hearing all the laughing. So I think, yeah. it, if nothing else, it was like nothing you've you've seen before. I would guess. I think I would rather be watching Obstacle Course on Amazon Prime. This <laughs> <laughs> my Monty's our favorite. <laughs> What a way to end it. That's right. What a way to end it. That's right. Thank you, guys. Thank Thank you. Thanks so much. And watch Obstacle Corpse on Amazon Prime now. Yay! (laughs) What can we look forward to? 
Well, uh, the next Fright Club Live is on Friday, August 11th, and we are going to show our classic for this year. We're going to show Ingmar Bergman. What? Ooh. That's so classy for us. So heady and intelligent. And that, yeah. Ooh. It's, but it's a great movie, The Hour of the Wolf. Yeah. Uh, it's such a good movie, and we're going to talk about Swedish horror films. Uh, there are a lot, and a lot of them you may not have seen, and they're they're super weird, every single one of them, so, uh, so that's going to be a lot of fun. And before that, we're going to play a few episodes of Sprockets. <laughs> Just to get us in the mood. I know it's not quite sweet, but it has that same. They're all wearing dark turtlenecks and not, not smiling at all. So that's the next Fright Club Live. And then, of course, we've got the studio version of Fright Club coming up. And uh, Dustin Meadows is going to join us. And we are going to talk. Former Fright Clubber Dustin. That's right. Dustin and his girlfriend Michelle, they're now out in L.A. They are. And they are going to, uh, Dustin is going to join us and talk. We're going to talk about siege movies, horror film siege movies. So we're looking forward to that. That's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, so. A lot of good stuff coming up. By all means, pl- uh, watch uh, Obstacle Corpse. It's on Amazon Prime. I don't know if we mentioned that. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I don't know if we started and ended with that. We'd but. love it uh, if you checked it out. And thanks so much for coming. Always such a great crowd. We'll get this edited and we should have this podcast done um, by Monday or Tuesday, yep. probably. Yep. And we'll have it up on all the usual uh, places, madwolf.com, the main website. Also, you can find Fright Club on Twitter, at Fright Club Pod. Is Fright Club on threads yet? No, because so. it's not on Instagram, so I'd have right. to get an Instagram you, first. You have to have an Instagram account. But Mad Wolf is. You can find it there. Yeah. All over the place. We'll make it known. So thanks again for coming out, and we hope to see you next time. And until next time, she is Hope Madden. He's George Wolf. And this is the Fright Club Podcast. Yeah.